Hi there. I'm Bunny Terry, and you're listening to the I Love New Mexico podcast. Whether you're a native New Mexican who's lived here for your entire life or you're just considering a visit, this episode is for you. Join us as we share a lot of New Mexico stories, talk about all things New Mexico, and include topics like what's magical here, where you ought to visit, what's happening, and the things you absolutely cannot miss in the land of enchantment. We're excited that you're here, and we can't wait to show you what an amazing place New Mexico is. Because, let's face it, I love New Mexico. I'm so excited. I've sort of fangirled and followed our guest today for several years because she has my dream job. She's a travel writer as well. She's a freelance journalist who writes in a lot of spaces that I enjoy, um, particularly New Mexico Magazine. But she's also contributed to CNN and Lonely Planet. There's a long list. I wrote them all down. A far USA Today. Um, she can tell you more about that. But our guest is Ashley M. Biggers, and she got her degree from the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communications at ASU, and she's a freelance writer, mostly, at least in my experience, reading her about travel. I know there's a lot more to tell, and and Ashley, you're going to be better at telling this story than I am, but um, we want to hear it. Tell us your New Mexico story. Well, I'm so delighted to be here with you today. I have such a love of New Mexico, which I know you share, and I am a native New Mexican. So my grandfather moved to Tucumcari, New Mexico in 1950 to start an optometry practice, which he had for 60 years in that town. And my mom grew up there um, and then moved to the big city of Albuquerque uh, to go to college where she met my dad. And um, so I was born and raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mexico and spent spent a great deal of time visiting Tucumcari as well growing up, but was mostly in Albuquerque. And now I'm raising my son here as the third or fourth, depending on how you count, generation of New Mexicans. That's cool. We were just talking about that before we began because my grandparents came to Quay County, which is where Tucumcari is, um, out near San Juan, between San Juan and Logan, in the teens, like 19... 19- wow. 12 and 1914, something like that. And so, I mean, it doesn't matter where you're from. Um, it's exciting that we're sort of from the same neck of the woods, at least our roots are. And it's so much fun to talk to you. And one of the things that, that I know we want to cover, and, and I have a lot of questions for you, but you have a new book out. I want to talk about that because anybody who loves New Mexico is going to want to read this book. Tell us what that is. So I um, am recently releasing the third edition of my book, A Hundred Things to Do in Albuquerque Before You Die. So this book was originally published in, I believe it was 2015. And then I've sort of revisited it a few times and refreshed and added new places and replaced things that have have gone away. So um, the third edition is out soon. And I'm really, you know, I have such a great love for this book because um, growing up in Albuquerque and living in Albuquerque, I often hear from people that there's nothing to do here, which is such a surprising comment 
for me personally, just because I never seem to have enough time to do all the things that I want to do. Um, my calendar is over full, so I kind of have the opposite problem. Um, so I'm really glad to guide people to these hundred things to do in Albuquerque. And, you know, the book is meant both for visitors and for locals. And so in the book, you'll certainly find the top sort of marquee tourist attractions like riding on the tram or hiking at the petroglyphs, but you'll also find more off the beaten path places, more um, places that might be a surprise to locals. And so my favorite thing when I'm doing book events is to have somebody come up and say, oh, I've lived here forever. I've done everything and there is to do in Albuquerque. And then they start flipping through the book and they say, oh, well, I haven't done that one or that one. Um, so it gives people an opportunity to rediscover a place that they thought that they knew really well, um, which I think particularly during um, you know, the past few years in COVID when we've been spending more time at home and spending more time in the places that we live is a really exciting opportunity because it gives us a chance to get to know the places that we spend so much time even more. I, I really like that part. And I love your dedication. It's to your son. And you say, may you learn that in your hometown, there's always something new to discover. And and I'm like you. When I lived in Albuquerque, that's where I raised my kids. I lived there for about 18 years. And um, we I was a single mom. I had no money. And yet we were able to find free things to do all the time and places to hang out where, uh, just like you, I thought there's not enough time to, to do everything that that we want to do in what we consider our home city. I know that that my kids both consider that their hometown. And so um, reading your list, I, I wanted to let you know I've done 52 of the 100 things on your list. And yet I want to go back and do them all again. And and for our listeners, Ashley did this great job of laying this book out. It's um, in separate categories so that um, you you can tell folks, our listeners, more about the categories, but it's, you know, if you're a foodie, there's an entire section for you. If you're an adventurer, if you're an outdoors person, there's a section for you. And then at the end, you do a really great job of talking about seasonal options. Um, I'm, you know, I wrote down everything that is a fall option because we're going to go and do that stuff this fall. And um, you also break it down into, you know, family things, girlfriend weekends. Um, it's, it's, it's sort of a one-stop shop for what to do when you're visiting or from Albuquerque. So I'm really, I'm curious first about, I mean, you talked about the reason that you love doing the book, but where did the idea come from? I'm curious about that first. So um, this book is actually part of a national series that's published by Reedy Press. Um, so this publisher out of St. Louis, Missouri, specializes in regional titles. And so they have created these sorts of guidebooks for cities across the U.S. And so if you're traveling somewhere, it might be something to check out because there's probably a guidebook like this one wherever you're going, whether it's to Los Angeles or New York or Austin or Traverse City, Michigan. Um, so they actually approached me um, as sort of an expert on Albuquerque to be the author for this guide. Um, and so that was a great compliment to me um, because it felt like, you know, they were seeking me out for my expertise. 
um, in asking me to create this publication. So that's kind of how the, the book came together for the first edition. Well, I'm going to tell listeners some of my favorites because um, it, it, you really jogged my memory. Um, certainly, um, Johanna and I, Johanna's my co-producer and my assistant, and she's also my daughter. We're, of course, going to Balloon Fiesta because that's what you do. Um, but I was in Albuquerque just this past weekend for a wedding. And the one thing I really wanted to do was go and have breakfast at Borella's Coffee House. Um, we didn't do that because they didn't open quite as early as we wanted to, but, but we ended up at the frontier and we had a cinnamon roll. Um, and, and, um, so it reminded me, I want to go back and go to Borella's. I've certainly done the luminarias at Old Town and it reminded me that we also used to do, and I'm sure you know about this, that luminaria tour of the cemeteries. I mean, that where um, the cemetery on Edith, is it on Edith? That, like at Edith and um, Manal, where mm-hmm. I used to go with friends of mine and we decorated um, her sister's plot and, you know, went out and took a pot of pasole and hung out there. But there are, people don't get what a cool place Albuquerque is to visit. It's so diverse and so interesting and you can go and do dinner at farm to table um you can go to los poblanos or or you can do the breaking bad tour um i can i ask if there's anything that was your i mean do you have a list of what's your top five favorites are you allowed to talk about that I know everyone always asks me that question and I always feel like that's asking me to choose my favorite child or my favorite pet sure. because I have, you know, I have a place in my heart for every everything that's in the book. Um, I certainly hear from people that, you know, they'll say, oh, I drove through Albuquerque on my way to Santa Fe or to Taos or to somewhere else. And it, it didn't seem like there was that much to do there. And it's like, oh, yes, every, everywhere you visit, the best view of the city and the best perception of the city you're going to get is as you speed by on the freeway. So, <laughs> you know, that's kind of a not a great way to think about the city. So um, I definitely encourage people to explore and dive in and spend a little time. And maybe it's, you know, in little chunks of time as as you go through um, and visit at various times over the year, if, if you're from somewhere else in New Mexico, or maybe that's a big, you know, splashy trip of you spend all your time here in Albuquerque. So in terms of my favorites, I think, you know, some of the items that kind of stand out to me from the third edition, because it has 23 new items that were not mentioned in previous editions of the book. Um, so some of the things that I'm kind of most excited to talk about are, for example, having a um, vegan tamale from Vegos in Albuquerque. So of course, you know, we love our tamales in New Mexico. Um, but as a vegetarian, I'm always on the lookout for ways that I can have those special New Mexican foods. And one of my new favorite ways to do so is to have a red chili jackfruit tamale from Vegos. And so that's a very um, interesting and new culinary experience that you can have in Albuquerque. So this is a specialty vegan um, restaurant where they have all of your New Mexican favorites from enchiladas and burritos to Chile Rienos, um, 
but all vegan versions. And um, they're very indulgent. And um, my husband has eaten there and he is a meat eater and says that he doesn't miss the meat at all in those versions. Um, so another kind of favorite place that I have liked to enjoy um, on the culinary side is Restoration Pizza, which is a pizza joint here in Albuquerque that's owned by the same folks as Bosque Brewery. But what's kind of special about Restoration Pizza is that they try to employ people who might otherwise have difficulty finding work. And so um, they work with people from and organizations like the New Mexico Coalition of the Blind um, to kind of incorporate folks that might have more challenges in finding work and give them a place for stable employment. Um, and so they work with them on, you know, if transportation is a challenge and getting to work, they help them with that. Um, and, you know, special sort of working environments to make it more conducive to making sure that those folks have a great place to work. And can I tell you that that is the section that I read to my husband. I mean, we're Bosque fans. We, we, we stop at the one in Bernalillo whenever we can. And we certainly um, have been to the tap house that they opened here in the rail yard. But um, to read that, that's huge. That, that makes me an even bigger fan of their product. What, what a cool thing to do. Absolutely. I love that, you know, they're looking at how they can give back and contribute to the community that they're so integral to. And so um, those are a couple of favorites. Of course, as a New Mexican, I'm always like quick to reach for the food, <laughs> the culinary right, side of, of things. Course. <laughs> um, but just to give you something that's not food. Um, so one of the other sort of things that I d got to write about for New Mexico Magazine, actually, and inspired an entry in the book is Secret Gallery, um, which started out in Albuquerque kind of right before the pandemic. And it was originally intended to be sort of a pop-up gallery to show um, contemporary New Mexican works, whatever that means to the artist who they're featuring at that time. But they kind of found a brick and mortar home in the B. Rupee, um location, which is formerly a pharmacy that was one of the longest operating pharmacies in New Mexico. Um, and for a long time, it um, was really known for kind of curandisma and having these traditional healing practices that were um, sort of recommended out of this pharmacy. And then when the pharmacy closed because the um, proprietress passed away. The community of Barreles really rallied around this building and wanted to really preserve it. And so um, in the back, it has a little museum that tells the history of this location. And in the front, it has secret gallery where you can go um, and really appreciate a lot of works by contemporary New Mexican creatives. Um, and so that has been a wonderful item that I've gotten to add to this third edition. And that neighborhood is is experience uh, experiencing sort of a cultural. Um, I'm not going to say resurgence because it's always been culturally rich, but isn't that? Am I am I saying the right thing? Is it? I mean, there's certainly a lot happening in the neighborhood, and I think what you know they're always very cognizant about gentrification and not wanting to get away from their cultural roots. Sure. But there's a lot of. Uh, sort of re-envisioning and redevelopment happening at the rail yards. Um, there are some new commercial properties that are going in kind of on the edges of the neighborhood. Um, and so they're trying to sort of make it more of a 
an attraction where people want to go and spend time and really dive into these cultural elements that they're so keen on preserving and rightfully so. And then after you go to the gallery, you can go down to the coffee house and have pasole with chicharrones, which is about, about exactly. my favorite thing. <laughs> And what about, I mean, you, t- you talk about a place, I don't know anything about 66 acres and level five. I don't know either one of those places. Tell me about those. So 66 Acres um, is a relatively new restaurant. It's a few years old, but um, it is created by the same owner as Slate Street Cafe, which people might be familiar with in Albuquerque. Um, And 66 Acres is directly across from the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center in Avanu Plaza, where they have been having a lot of business development. There are quite a few restaurants and um, now a hotel and things going in in that area. And so 66 Acres, the name is actually inspired by the acreage that was allotted to the original um, Indian school, which is on that was on that site. Um, And so that's sort of their way of paying homage to the place's history. Um, But it's a it's a really fun restaurant. It has a wide variety of all delicious um, dinners and lunches that they have there. Um, And they have one of my favorite margaritas in Albuquerque, which, you know, this is, it's a very difficult part of my job that I have to make sure that I taste test Albuquerque's margaritas and Albuquerque's green chili cheeseburgers um, to make sure that I'm recommending a good one to readers. Um, And so I point people there to enjoy the margarita. And remind me of the other item. Oh, well, were, level, oh five, level five. Which I know is it at Hotel Chaco, but I haven't been there. I'm, I'm just dying to go. Yeah. So, um, of course, Hotel Chaco, when it was unveiled a few years ago, was the first new hotel um, in Old Town Albuquerque in probably 40 years. Um, and it is a really lovely hotel if you want to just go wander through the lobby because the design is inspired by the Pueblo Great Houses at Chaco Canyon. Um, And so it incorporates a lot of natural materials and it also um, blends in a lot of contemporary indigenous art. And um, so there's a, an amazing antler chandelier by um, Ira Lujan, who's a, an incredible glass artist. There's an incredible um, statue that greets you as soon as you walk in the lobby. Um, but we're pointing people there to go to the rooftop um, level five, which is they believe that Pueblo Benito, when it was at its full glory, uh, was five stories. And so they built a five-story building. And so now they have a rooftop restaurant where you can go and have um, dinner and cocktails and have a great view over the city. And I'll also point people to um, usually during Balloon Fiesta, they'll have a few breakfast events there as well. And so it's a great place to go and have a little breakfast or brunch and watch the balloons as you're enjoying, you know, the beautiful cityscape that you can see from that vantage as well. Wow. I got to go. And, and of course, and of course there's the sawmill across the street, which was on your list, which we been to several times. Um, I was really excited, and I know I read this in the Mexico Magazine in a small column, I believe, but I was excited to hear about the Lobo Theater, which is a place I used to go on dates, and I used to take my kids to see movies. Um, Tell our listeners what's going on there. Yeah, so um, Lobo Theater is one of Albuquerque's oldest um, theaters, and over the years it has been various things, but most um, 
notably a movie theater for quite a few years. And sort of during the um, pandemic, it has been reimagined as a live music venue um, and also a lounge. And so it is alive and well once again in Knob Hill, um, which is really exciting to see for that neighborhood and um, has been sort of lovingly restored in terms of the lobby to bring back elements from the sort of 1920s and 1930s when the theater was first built. Um, so they've blended those into the uh, decor and then they have concerts that are everything from, you know, New Mexico jazz festival kind of concerts to, um, you know, no, more diverse things, but it's really a wide ranging um, lineup. But, you know, a lot of the uh, historic theaters tend to lean more into metal or rap or something like that. So this um, has the genres of music that kind of aren't already covered by other places. So it really sort of fills a gap in Albuquerque's music scene and um, is a fun place to go just for the history of the building as well. Hey, bar and girl fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar and Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby! You also do this really cool thing in the book where you give tips not on every entry, but on the ones that obviously need it, you know, like here's, here's where you should park. Um, here's what you should do about getting tickets, you know, for the breaking bad tour, you, you give a, a tip that's separate from the entry. That's like, here are the can't miss items. Um, one of the reasons I love this book is because it not only is it fun to read, but I think how much fun it had to be to write it. Absolutely. The, the, my publisher and designers of the book made me kind of rein it in on the tips because they were like, why are you having so many tips? But I felt like I wanted to provide those um, insights about the best way to experience a place. And I don't mean to, you know, pigeonhole people into doing a certain thing. But, you know, if there's if there's a free ticket day or a best place to park or something like that, I want to provide those insights so that they can have a great experience when they go and do those things. And um, yes, you know, I have a wonderful job in that my job is to go and research and experience things in Albuquerque and New Mexico. And um, that's a pretty great thing to have to do. Um, you know, I will often take my husband on a date somewhere. And then as we're on the way, he's like, wait, is this for work or is this just for fun? And I always say both <laughs> because right, the two right, really is the work. Hand in yeah, hand. The work is the fun. Um, I'm curious. I mean, they, you have to get this book. And um, if you're a listener and you love New Mexico, you have to get the book. And I do say, when you were talking about it before, I say very frequently on this podcast, and I even I wrote a blog post about it, get off the freeway. You know, I had friends all the time who would say, I drove through New Mexico and it is not very attractive. And I'm like, get off the freeway. You know, get off the freeway west of Santa Rosa and drive up through Delia or get off the freeway south of Grants and drive down to Zuni. Get off the freeway. And that's and you got to do that when you visit Albuquerque. Don't just rush through on your way to somewhere else. It's kind of like life, you know, slow down, take a look. I'm I'm really 
so I love this book and I'm really excited for our listeners to get a copy. And I'm so excited that I got to read a little bit of an advanced copy. I, I'm curious, um, what's next or what are we, where are we going to see? What are we going to see next? What are you writing about right now? Is it a secret? <laughs> <laughs> well, I usually have, um, book projects in the works and, um, we might be looking at my other Albuquerque centric book is called secret Albuquerque. So it is a great companion to hundred things to do in Albuquerque before you die, because, you know, the first hundred things are definitely the, the must do's and secret Albuquerque. It's subtitle is a guide to the weird, wonderful and obscure. And it definitely is. Um, so it sort of like peels back and is that next layer of kind of weird and wacky things to do in Albuquerque, which I must say, even as much as I love it, it Albuquerque certainly specializes in, in those weird and wacky things. Um, so we're probably looking at a, a revisit of that book um, just to make sure everything is current and happening uh, in those pages as well. So that's kind of the, probably the next book project we'll look at. So can you share a weird and wacky something that our listeners might not know about? So one of my favorite items um, that's in the Secret Albuquerque book is the Glass Garden in Albuquerque. And so this is about a three acre stretch of the Bosque where um, it was formerly a kind of a dumping ground for the city. So this was in the 1930s before Albuquerque had municipal garbage pickup. And people would just take their trash down to the bosque and dump it, um, which shows you just how much sort of our conception of um, what the bosque is and what it means to us as a city has changed over the years. Because, you know, saying that today would just kind of horrifies people because it, the bosque is such a treasured part of our city um, today. But at that time, they would just um, dump their trash. So over the years, much of that trash has disintegrated, blown away, been buried. But what remains it are shards of glass that are um, sort of glittering across the surface of the um, dirt in this three air, acre area. Um, and so, of course, the glass is completely weathered, totally safe to walk on and around. Um, but you can see it sort of become a little informal time capsule because you'll see pieces of dishware from the 1930s. You'll see piece of a Clorox bottle or a milk bottle or a Coke bottle from that era. Um, and so it's kind of a really fun little treasure trove um, and kind of a secret little area in uh Albuquerque and an area of the Bosque that people often don't know about, even if they're very familiar with, you know, hiking and biking and exploring that riverside forest. And we're not going to tell anybody where it is because like me, they're going to have to buy the book and find right. it. Fair deal. <laughs> yes. I love that. Um, and you, our listeners are obviously very interested in Albuquerque, but if you were, if somebody was coming to New Mexico for the first time and, you know, believe me, we've covered the whole Santa Fe vibe with a couple of our guests here. But if, if somebody was coming here and they said, well, I've got a week and a half to hang out in New Mexico, what's your best tip today? And I know this changes. So, um, you know, if you had something you wanted to tell people that they don't want to miss, um, and I, and I know, you know, balloon fiesta is one thing and the tram, but what, what, 
when you when you have pe- friends come from out of town, what are the things you like to show them? Well, one thing that I would certainly point people to is that, you know, we the Southwest in general, and particularly New Mexico, is so rich because of the indigenous cultures that thrive here. And so that is a really unique aspect of New Mexico in terms of, you know, the world and our country. Um, so I would absolutely direct people to visit a Pueblo in whatever capacity you can at this time, or you know, the Navajo Nation or Apache lands. Um, these communities have been particularly hard hit by COVID, and so they have been a little more insular lately. Um, very rightfully so to guests. Um, But I do know that Taos Pueblo recently reopened to the public and is accepting visitors to come, um, which is fantastic because it's such an extraordinary place to visit. And so that it's reopened again is fantastic. Um, So right now I would point people to go to Taos Pueblo because um, it is such a rich source of, um, you know, indigenous culture and history and present and you get to meet artists who um you know continue their their heritage um by creating art and pottery and jewelry and um, visit their studios in in their homes um you know there's also a great history there of uh you know land being returned to an indigenous community in the form of Blue Lake, which is unfortunately very rare in our country. Um, And so you can learn about that history. You can appreciate the scenic beauty of the place and the architecture that has inspired so much of the Southwest architecture that we um, see every day. And so it's just an extraordinary place to visit. And so right now that would be sort of at the top of my list. Wow, that's a that's a great um, recommendation, and I I don't know it was one one I expected, but I and it and it inspires me to go back. I want I want to go back now that they've reopened. <laughs> uh, like I said, this is so you you get to do exactly what the rest of us dream of. I guess I'm curious. Did you always? I mean, as as a child, were you aware that New Mexico was a like the coolest place in the world to live? Or did you go away to school and then you were like, I got to go back. I have to, I'm, I'm just curious to know about your sort of this long love of New Mexico. Was it always there? Well, it's, it's very interesting because as a child, I would go and do all these things with my parents, um, thinking that they were completely normal. And that's what every other kid, every other place did. You know, I would think it was completely normal to go to feast days and traditional dances. I would think it was completely normal to go to Indian market, which is a world-class market that just celebrated its centennial. You know, all of these things were very, and you know, the biggest balloon festival in the world. And this was always just very normal to me. Um, And so it didn't stand out at that time because it was so customary and part of our lives. Um, And so growing up, you know, looking at going to college, New Mexico and Albuquerque felt very much like a coat that was one size too small. Um, And I really wanted to go and explore other places. And so I went away to college and graduate school. And in doing that, I was able to realize just how very unique and special New Mexico is. And, you know, I've traveled all around the world. I think I'm up to like 20 countries now, which is 
a lot or not that many, but certainly enough to yeah. give to give perspective um, on what sort of place New Mexico is. And it is really very unique. And it's also certainly my soul place. It's the place where I feel connected to the earth and the people and uh, the culture. And so it was only in, you know, traveling that I was able to appreciate just how special this place is. And I always, um, when I was growing up, knew that I wanted to be a journalist. Um, and it was only through traveling abroad and studying in Ireland for a semester that I started to wonder about if I could turn my love of travel and my love of writing into my dream job. And so that's when sort of the spark ignited and I was began pursuing doing that professional path. Well, you, you're doing a great job. I would just tell folks if you, you know, look through the New Mexico magazine you have on your table and there's probably, Ashley probably has a byline there. I can't remember. Oh, you wrote recently about, there was a concentration camp. I mean, we, a, a prisoner of war camp. I'm sorry. Um, oh, in Roswell. Yes. Tell folks yes. about that. That was so cool. I mean, this is the obscure stuff that Ashley finds. <laughs> yes. So, um, of course, during World War II, there was a prisoner of war camp in Roswell where they had um, German prisoners of war. And they arrived there sort of because they wanted to put them in the middle of the desert where they would have difficulty escaping. Um, but while they these men were at the camp, they created a work detail um, and sent them to create these various, you know, community projects around town. And so when the men were working on creating sort of a, a drainage ditch in one part of town, they uh, kind of formed together and decided to um, inlay a German iron cross into the into the rocks that they were laying um, in in this uh, in this drainage ditch, and so as sort of a a way to rebel and to you know fight against their circumstances. Um, and so when the town of Roswell discovered that this had been done, of course people were incensed at that time, and so they laid concrete over the rocks to cover them so they couldn't be seen but over the years erosion has washed away that concrete and so the the german cross is once again visible in roswell and so you can go and visit that sort of oddity as you're going to see the other oddities of roswell um and look for ufos and aliens um and so that's just another kind of quirk of that place which is also i would say on my list as an art destination, which you wouldn't normally think of Roswell as being, but it has an extraordinary contemporary art scene. Um, and so if you're headed to Roswell for aliens, don't miss the art while you're there. Wow. Ashley, I feel like, I feel like you could be, a, you, you could be a regular contributor here because you know more about the state than any of the rest of us. So I- I'll be your roving I, you're, reporter. You're, yes, please. Um, I, I'm so excited that you agreed to come on the podcast. I love that you're writing about things that are both beautiful and obscure, because that seems to me sort of the tagline for New Mexico. It's beautiful, but to other people elsewhere, it seems a little obscure. It's like, really, what, what is it all about? Um, so I, and, and I really enjoyed reading that piece. I thought, you know, history is history. I don't want to say anything that's, that's, either politically one way or politically the other, but I think it's important to remember 
um, where we were at one point. Um, and you, that was, I loved that piece. So keep writing, keep exploring. And will you come back so we can talk again? I would love that. Thank you. It's so much fun. We're going to, we're going to provide a link to your book. And if, um, you know, we're recording this a little bit ahead of time before it drops, but if, if there are events that our listeners can get to, um, where you may be talking about the book, I'd, I'd like to include links to that. So we, um, I, I want everybody to have a copy in their hand and then I, I want to see them. I, you know, I want to see them at farm and table in the Lobo theater and, um, at 4th of July Canyon, which is one of the, one, one of the things that's coming up soon. I used to always take my kids there for a picnic. So, um, but you're going to have to get the book if you don't already know what that is. So Ashley and Biggers, thank you so much for being a guest. Do you have something else you want to throw in before we finish? Well, I just wanted to say that I have a few outtakes every time I do this book um, of special items that I share. So if you're able to join at an event or if you want to buy a book from ashleyandbiggers.com, I can always sign it with an extra thing to do. So you will get 101 things to do in Albuquerque before you die. Um, so I will personalize that for you to give you an extra item. Cool. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm coming in. I'm going to meet you somewhere. Thanks so much. This has been fun. And thanks to everybody who's been here. And thanks for checking in. We're always looking for uh, more New Mexico stories. And we want to hear yours. So feel free to reach out to us at I Love New Mexico blog at gmail.com. And um, we'll talk to Ashley again, hopefully soon. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. Here I am back on the road. Heading out west to the mountain time zone There's one thing that's on my mind There's a girl in New Mexico Whose eyes are green and hair is gold I can't wait to have her by my side